when I have spare time, I'm usually find myself in a setting with other like-minded business owners. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is. Like they say, if you hang out with five poor people, you'll be the sixth. If you hang out with five alcoholics, you'll be the sixth. So I try to hang out with five successful business guys because I want to be the sixth. Everybody, welcome to this edition of The Den. I have proud owner of Rathgab Painting, Matthew Rathgab. We're in 2022. Matt's been a client of mine for a few years now, and his company is just skyrocketing, and you have momentum like no tomorrow. Matt, welcome back to The Den, man. Thank you, my friend. Glad to be here, as always. Today, we're going to talk about how you grew your company, how it keeps growing, some of the challenges, because I know you had some challenges, some of your success, talk about the environment we're in right now with the supply chains, inflation, you know, how you're dealing with so many different moving pieces, right? So first of all, jump in, tell everybody who you are real fast, because they might not know you. Yeah, how you doing, everybody? My name is Matt, owner of Rathgad Painting, started my business March 7th, 2011, under that name, and, um, you know, we've grown from a one-man show to about 33 painters as of this morning and 33 uh, painters yep and we're and we're moving along we're in a growth period right now and it's like there's a lot of moving parts and uh, i feel like i feel like i'm back to square one like a startup company actually okay so <clears throat> well that doesn't sound like a startup to me, <laughs> startup mode anyway yeah startup mode so first of all let's graduate all your success thank you <clears throat> you went i met you probably what now four years ago uh, about five years ago about five years mm -hmm. ago you're doing about 500, about yeah, 500. Five, 560 or something when I came up here. This year, you're probably going to do about 5 million. We're going to do five, yeah. You're going to do five million dollars. Yep, got my number set on five million, 100. percent And you're already after January, February. Are you on pace for that? Uh, we definitely are. January was actually our biggest month ever, which is historically the slowest month of the calendar year. And uh, February. Wait, this January this, was your biggest month January, in the history of your company. History of our company, best month ever. Yep, which is historically the lowest month of the year, January. Now let's talk about this. Why? Because most painting companies are one, two, three-man people, maybe five max. You're already growing to 33. You're probably, if not the biggest, second, top three in all of Pennsylvania, let alone the city of Philadelphia, right? Privately owned, yes. What made you, like, what, what, what do you credit to? Are you putting <clears throat> systems in places, process? Are you advertising? Are you? Let's talk about that, like... What are you doing different? Because yeah, so when you like, I look over to the length of my business in the past 11 years or whatever, you think like most people start businesses, technical businesses, because they're good at the technical work that the business does. I was a painter. I grew up in a lower, you know, low, lower to middle class blue collar neighborhood where everybody was a technician of some sorts, a plumber, a painter. I became a painter. I left my job in 2011 to start a business, had no idea about business, you know what I mean? And then just like, Kind of just learned as I went and struggled, really, for about five or six years. And then I started to – we always had a good following, though. We always had a lot – a great customer retention. And uh, over the years, like, you know, I remember hitting, like, a wall in 2018, actually. I went to one of those, like, mastermind groups in New York City. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine was running just a bunch of business owners, getting together, talking about business. You know, it's like business therapy. You put your business on the floor and everyone kind of gives you back, like, feedback. Some of it's not so good. But anyway, uh, the biggest takeaway after that weekend was that, like, you know, like you, like you say, like all the business books say, I basically owned a job. I didn't really have a business. I was constantly struggling to find good people, um, you know, working all day as a technician, doing estimates on nights and weekends. So, like, into the day-to-day -day that I really couldn't see the dysfunction that was going on. And uh, the biggest takeaway I got from that weekend is I came home and I hired a business coach who uh, coincidentally owned a multi-million dollar painting business down south. 
hooked up with him, signed a two-year contract, and like he got me away from the brush. I mean, he told me on day one, like, listen, you're never going to scale your business if you're swinging a paintbrush. I always knew that. I've had you tell me that, you know, when I first came up here five years ago. And um, he said, if I hear that you're touching a paintbrush, this relationship's over. <laughs> so I was like, you know, sometimes you got to be hit between the eyes with the truth. And um, I was like, all right, you know what? You're right. So I let go of the vine, uh, put down the brush and um, started to change my mindset. I mean, it's all mindset. You know what I mean? And uh, I always had a, I always looked at things from a, from a technician's perspective. And I started to slowly learn how to look at things from a data perspective, from a marketing perspective, uh, realizing that, you know, I really didn't have a painting business. What I was was a marketing and sales company that sold a painting service. You know what I mean? And so over the years, just been like a million little things in the past few years, especially getting around the right people, um, reading hundreds probably of business books, books about becoming a leader, leadership books. I mean, attending conferences, speaking at painting, painting conferences, I mean, all over the East Coast. So it's been a process. It's been a lot of hard work, but uh, I feel good where we're at today. Like I said, we're, we're um, experiencing tremendous growth right now. We're doing so much marketing, advertising, hiring. Like, Let's talk my- about that. Because I want to talk about a few things, right? I want to talk about leadership, right? Because every organization goes as a leader goes. I truly believe that, right? Like, you hear me say it all the time to people. I mean, full transparency, we've been good friends for a lot of years. We've gotten closer over the years. When anyone's talking about business, they're like, hey, we got a cultural issue. I'm like, no, you a leader issue, right? And people mm-hmm. like, and I hate when I say that, right? Like, you know, you, you got to nip the cancer out fast if someone gets into your organization. So it's on the leader to do that, right? Correct. But it's also the leader controls the tempo, the environment, what's going on, the vision. Can you talk to me about, are you talking to your employees about these type of things? Are you explaining? Can, tell me what you're doing. To All the time. The All the time. I mean, really, like uh, like you said, like the energy. I, I have a lot of life energy. You know what I mean? And I have a desire to grow as a person in business, uh, health, everything. You know what I mean? You and I talk early in the morning i'm up every day at four o'clock i work out early in the morning i try to do the best i can eating right i have four children i try to manage my time correctly so i can spend time with them manage the business so like i believe if your own house is in order you know what i mean that that's going to obviously trickle down to all your employees and when they see you doing those things and not just talking about it i mean it's almost like a natural reaction that they you know they pick up the pace for you was it hard becoming a leader? Do you feel, do you, because people don't understand, you have 33 employees now, right? Like, you got to worry about 33 mortgages or rent, 33 car payments, 33 child supports or f- putting food on the table. Like, does that weigh on you at night? Because I don't think employees understand the pressure you go through. <laughs> Great question. And uh, definitely does sometimes. I mean, I've learned to manage that, you know, fear and anxiety. It's funny because I just called you the other day. Like, I hit, you know, a few times a year, it might just hit, like, way up here. I'm like, man, I got to talk to you for a minute. Like, my head's exploding. There's a zillion moving parts. You know, when, as you're growing, new problems are arising, uh, whether they're in the field or estimating. You have all these people coming to you all the time so you can help solve their problems. And Yeah, it, it obviously weighs you down. I mean, personally, I kind of thrive off that energy. You know what I mean? Because, like, um, I don't know. I just go at it, like, but with passion like i have passion you know what i'm saying like i've read something the other day if you're doing something you don't want to do a lot like that causes stress right but when you're doing it something that you love and you have a couple big whys at the end of that that's that's passion you know what i mean so i have i'm like i got into a different mindset recently obviously we all want to make more money you know what i mean that's like the first thing you start a business you want to make more money but also like as i'm seeing people coming in i'm realizing like you said this is paying other people's mortgages we're giving out health care to our employees. These employees have children that are 
you know, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? So I, I'm getting a kick out of watching other people grow. You know, here's a question for you, right? As you've been growing, give us one of the biggest challenges you've had. Managing a lot of different personalities, I think, right now. Like, intuitively, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, just like, you know, not everyone – I'm a 100-mile-an-hour guy like you are, you know what I mean? And, and I'm around business-minded people that have similar personalities, but not everybody, most people will not have that personality in inside of your business. So, like, just trying to find, like, understand people's personalities and realizing, like, how to manage them, how to talk to them, and where to put them. Can I ask you a question, you know – I'm assuming over the years you put systems in place, processes, CRMs, culture. Like I know we have called tracking because we do that, but I, I, you had to start putting things like that in place to go from five hundred thousand to five million. Can yeah, you talk I mean, to me about the struggle of that? Because I'm assuming that's a big rock and it's probably a big pain in the ass. Because I know we deal with technology all the time. Can you tell the viewers about why it's so important in the process of that? Yeah, I mean, it started like when I got that business coach in 2018. I was obviously estimating jobs by myself. I made that transition from actually doing the work to just selling the work. One of the first things I did was get some estimating software. And like my closing rates went from like 35 to 60% within like two months, just because it was a professional display. And also I could track, if somebody called me two months later and had a question about their job, I could pull that information up. You know what I mean? Before it have it like stuffed in papers and cabinets <laughs> somewhere in my garage or some, some shit like that. So <clears throat> that, you know, that was like one of those aha moments. Like, man, like, the estimating process got systemized. That was step one, right? And then it was a little bit of a CRM too, what I was using at the time. But that really made me realize, like, you have to systemize everything. You know what I mean? So right now we have a system for every little thing. And as we're growing, we're creating more systems. The onboarding process, the hiring process. We were training last week. We had a big company meeting. Everyone was there. What happens when we arrive at the job? Pre-inspection walkthrough, post-inspection walkthrough, the sales process. And it all sounds like so much, but when you implement these things, make sure they're transferable processes, make sure they're teachable processes, obviously. And uh, it, it kind of just like all comes into symmetry at times. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know how I did it prior to using these things. You know, it's funny. I thought about you were coming in today mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? You understand the value of a customer, unlike a lot of people in the smaller kind, because you just talked to me about you got to make every customer happy. You got to make every customer happy. Like you go out of your way. You have a big following of customers that come back for repeat business. You have relationships with people like Mike McCann, all these other great realtors that are top real. Because of, can you talk to me about your value, why you value customers so much? Because you don't look at them as a customer for one time, do you? <clears throat> no, you want your customers for life. I mean, there's no doubt. It's funny you said that because I was training a sales guy this morning. And he's out in the field. He's doing okay. He asked me to go on a few quotes with him. And it was a brand new construction house. We gave him a price for the whole house. And uh, it was a little bit outside of his budget. He wanted to do three rooms. So when I went out front, I talked to the sales guy. I said, what'd you think? He said, nah, I don't know. He was a little disappointed. They only want to do three rooms. I said, you have to think beyond the surface. That's what they want to do now. Maybe they see the work and they want to do the whole house. Maybe they tell their mom or their neighbor about us. Like, you have to think long term like that. We're not just collecting one check for them. They're they, they come into the business. They become part of our business. We'll market to them, um, all sorts of things. But, yeah, it's always the closing rates on a return customer are 95%. I believe that. <clears throat> it's a lifetime value. Here's something for you to write for the viewers. So many people, and you've been through it, you, Travis Marco, Josh, I can name 100 of my clients that are still with me today that came up here with that, oh, shit, 
I got diarrhea. I got to cut this check. I've never done something. Can you talk about <laughs> the marketing and that process of that's out of my budget, but I'm going in. I got to have a faith. Can you talk to me about that over the last five years? Yeah, definitely. Because I'm uh, re-experiencing that right now because our marketing budget's up to like 15%. And it hasn't been that high, I don't think, ever because we're in a growth period. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I always tell the story the first time I came up here. I, I think it's great. We were in this room. It was set up different. But, like, <clears throat> at the time, like I said, I was losing the luster for my business. I had seven grand in the bank account. I just came off that mastermind group. I didn't know, you know, what I was going to change careers. And after our meeting, you know, I pretty much gave you all my money to start. You know, I, I had one of those all-in moments. Like, you know what? Let's just give this a shot if it doesn't work. And it worked over time. But, yeah, you got to be all-in. I mean, uh it, you're going to lose money. You know what I mean? You're going to have to spend a lot of money. And, like, if you're not ready to do those things mentally, uh, uh, you're just not going to grow. Can you talk to me about the marketing ROI? For every dollar you've been putting into marketing, what would you say you get back? I mean, I, I expect growing. 10. You know what I mean? You expect, I expect 10. expect 10, 100%. And besides repeat customers now, is your marketing your number one way to get your customers by far? 100%. 100%. What's the number one way you get customers right now? Uh, Google. Yeah, just doing SEO, PPC campaigns, 100%. I mean, it's not even close, to be honest with you. And we've tried a lot of different stuff recently. We've came back to some other things like the Yelps and the Angie's List of the World that I did years ago. I cut that stuff off really because I didn't need it because I didn't have that many people to sustain. I do now. So I said, let's just throw some money at everything. How the Angie leads and Yelp work for you so uh, far? I, I mean, personally, I'm not a big fan. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I always say it's a race to the bottom. You know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> it's a race to the I bottom. mean, you pay for a lead basically and five or six other people get it. And usually that client's price shopping. So not, and, not for me. And you're, I guess my question to you is, do you feel like your marketing has been probably one of the biggest reasons why your company went from a half million to five million in five years? I mean, if not, the only reason. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it started with the marketing. And, like, when when I started doing digital marketing, you know, and, and that's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people want things too quick. And I talk to a lot of contractors. I say, oh, I gave Angie's List ten grand, and I didn't get shit back or whatever like yeah. that. But the thing is, it takes time. So, like, when the marketing picked up, the leads started coming in. That created another problem for me. That was I needed more employees to sustain the leads. So that forced me into an uncomfortable position of, creating a hiring process or looking for more people. And then when they came in, we needed more leads. So it's like, you know, things are always changing. There's really no, there's no comfortable spot because as you grow, you're constantly getting out of your comfort zone as you move up. Well, I'm going to put you out of your comfort zone right now. I know you hate talking politics. I hate it. But politics (laughs) does impact business. Right now, inflation is super high. Mm -hmm. Supplies for some things are hard to get. Um, Talk to me about how you're handling those challenges. Yes. The inflation. I mean, you're not in a you're in a luxury business. You're not in a need business, right? Like besides new construction, no one needs to get their house painted. No. It's a it's right. a choice, right? So the past few years we've been blessed with an insane uh real estate market. Right now inventory is super low. It has a direct impact on us. Uh the rates are going up. So you have to pay attention to all these things. Fuels through the roof. Uh, we've been dealing with the paint shortage for at least 18 months now. And, uh, you know, we've had to change some. Like, normally we would tell people we need your color selected 48 hours before the job. Now we're trying to get it the week before the job so we're not scrambling. 
Um, you know, but it is what it is. Like it, it created a lot of logistical problems. What about problems. the pricing? I'm assuming your prices, prices are way up. I mean, prices uh, we're getting like a. How lot are of, you dealing with that? Do you just add it back in? Are you trying to find so a happy medium? I'm glad you said that because one of the things on the topic this week at our meeting is going to be we got to re- re-review our numbers. You know what I mean? Like you got to know your numbers in business, obviously, right? Every business owner knows that. It starts with your numbers, and I, I don't really know if our numbers are in line because we couldn't keep up with such. We were like in the middle of the season last year and things were just rocking and rolling. We couldn't keep up with the demand. But also simultaneously, prices were getting raised left and right. And like we were just so focused on getting these jobs done, keeping all these people busy that I think I kind of let it go. And so I got to review my numbers and see where we're at. Here's the next question for you. Everyone's facing the same problem right now. Nobody wants to work, right? Nobody wants to work. I, I truly believe COVID made America more lazier than it is, right? Nobody wants to work. And the people that do want to work are asking, like, outrageous numbers for the most part, right? Absolutely. How are you dealing with that? How are you? Because that's <clears throat> every business owner is going through. Everywhere I go, it's the same thing. Business owners are almost pissed at people. Yeah, I mean, there's a major labor shortage, no question. And I was last month, I was down in Florida at the uh, annual Painter Summit speaking down there. And every single person, that was like their hot topic. You know what I mean? How are we finding people? All, all the stuff that used to work is not working anymore. Uh, but, you know, we actually have increased our pay rates recently. We're offering health insurance this year, matching 401k, 4%. So, like, if you want to attract good people, man, you got you to gotta be a little bit above. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's just the way it is right now. Like, you can only do what's in front of you. That's what's in front of us right now. You know, here's a question for you on the final roar. What advice would you give to somebody out there they own a business they got two to five six seven employees and they want to grow like what, what advice would you say to them because yeah if you're at that spot and that's a tough spot to be in it is. i remember being there so many times like having knowledge in my head of books i read or mentors have told me like you know you're in a dangerous spot and you need to put down the brush so my advice knowing what i know now looking back is that like you're not going to get out of that if you're doing technical work number one you have to stop doing technical work you have to start educating yourself on business reading books. I mean, the basic Bible of business, in my opinion, for someone who's in that space is the E-Myth. You know what I mean? It was written in the 80s, but applies to Me and Allstate guy wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Michael Gerber, I believe his Mm -hmm. name. But anyway, I read that book first in like 2016, and I I could never be the same again. I continued to do the technical work, but I always had in the back of my head that, you know, I had a failed process. So you got you to become a business guy, man. You got to start looking at your business from a, a business perspective, a CEO perspective, not a technician. I want to ask you one question. You grew up kind of similar to me. Got jammed up. Everybody knows that. Shocker. <laughs> you know, um, you go through this life transition. I want to ask you, you know, about personal life. Do you still hang out with the same people? Has your circle changed? Do you feel like for you to have success, you got to hang out with different people? Oh, uh, 100%. I'm, I'm asking a serious question. Like, do you feel like you have to start changing things? Not that you're not friends with those people. Has your circle changed? Has your daily routine? I'm asking an honest opinion because some people are going to hate you as your success keeps growing. I'm just kind of asking you about how you feel about that I mean, and what you do with that. You definitely become who you surround yourself with. There's no question about that. Like you said, like I, I, I love – guys I grew up with, man, we've been through some tough times together. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I don't want to hang out with them, but when you take into account the hours that my business takes to run, uh, my four children, my wife, like giving them all the time I can give them, I don't really have much time. You know what I mean? So when I have spare time, I'm usually find myself in a setting with other like-minded business owners. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is. Like they say, if you hang out with five poor people, you'll be the sixth. If you hang out with five alcoholics, you'll be the sixth. 
So I try to hang out with five successful business guys because I want to be the sixth. Matt, thank you so much for being on The Den this week. Check them out. Rath Gab Painting Company. Growing, killing it, likable, and obviously takes care of his customers. That's the most important thing. Thank you so much for being on The Den. Congrats on all your success, man. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate it, bud. 